This podcast contains adult language. DigitalDaring.com. Today is December 23rd, 2018. And before we get started, first, happy holidays to everybody, whether you celebrate Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, Christmas, or if you like our guest today, Calhoun, you don't celebrate anything. Happy holidays to everybody who celebrates something, to all you don't who don't celebrate anything. Look at you. You kept a lot of money in your pockets this holiday season. So. <laughs> you got to start, start living like it, though. I, I remember a while back. Somebody asked me, and this is when I was working at Parisian. I was making number like nine eighty nine dollars and eighty something an hour, and I was at the time living in the house that I didn't, I wasn't even paying rent. And he was like, um, "Hey," because we was complaining me and another coworker how broke we were. He was like, "Hey, how, you got any kids?" I was like, "Nah." He was like, "Well, you got you celebrating the holidays?" I was like, "No." He was like, "Well, do you have a girlfriend?" I was like, "Uh." Uh-uh. So he was like, "Well, do you do you do drugs?" I was like, "Nah." Why would you ask that? He was like, "Why you ain't got no money?" And I thought to myself then, like, why the fuck I don't have any money? <laughs> so I'll say that to say, even though it's Christmas, I don't know how y'all do it. Because, boy, living in today's society, I don't understand how y'all doing this shit. I would have told them the truth about Christmas a long time ago. So let me say this. One, we got a friend who posted, you should check on your single friends, too, because they be broke, too. And God bless her heart. She right. Because I do know, you know, you Christmas... You just have to spend it on yourself instead of spending on other people, right? So, like, people get their false perception about Christmas. But I, I was thinking about that today. Like, it's people, and I'm not even saying I make a lot of money. I probably make close to what the average American makes in that realm or whatever. Maybe a little bit more. Actually, I make more than the average American made. I'm not going to flex. I'm not going to fake it for, for the podcast. I was going to put you in there, Yeah, but I make more than the average American make. And... I can afford to buy a lot of the stuff I I get on Christmas for people. But my God, it costs a lot of money. I don't see how you make a certain amount of money and can afford Christmas. Like, and I just found out people don't even offer layaway like they used to when we were kids. Nah. So, like, you have to go into debt for Christmas, which is a recurrence. Like, you go into debt, break even at tax time, then go right back into debt later on in the year. <coughs> it's a trap, but... You know, I understand the trap. I understand you want to have your kids things. I just think it should be instead of trying to get your kids a bevy of things, maybe get so with our son. Hopefully we can train him to be, you know, where he gets a few things and values what he has instead of getting a lot of things like this year. He has a lot of things that, you know, I bought him, I think, two gifts. His mom bought him one. But then, you know, his aunties, friends, you know, and like now he's going to wind up having like 10 gifts and he ain't even a year old yet. He ain't, ain't going to use all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? So that's my other, I guess we'll say that for another podcast. Like, why even do it at this age? He's, he's fucking six months old. Well, I mean, you, so like anything, right? You just want the experience, right? So like you want him to have the experience. So a lot of this stuff is like what we want kids. So the same thing, like why? Why do this with him? Why do that with him? You just want to have the experience or whatever. And the memory for us and for him. But like you say, like, I mean, the, 
toys cost five dollars for him. You can give him a teething toy, two teething toys, and that's more than a teething toy and a rattle. And that's more than enough he needs right now. You know what I'm saying? So, so but anyway, you know Calhoun is on. As always, we do a good and bad and ugly for the Falcons. But like we said, we're gonna spend a minimal t- we're going to spend a minimal amount of time on the Falcons, excuse me, and just proceed with the league as a whole um, this week and for the rest of the year. So let's go on to get to the Falcons real quick. Any thoughts? It's just beating up on bad teams. Uh, Carolina, even as trash as Riverboat Run is, and I hate that nickname. He's a trash coach. No, he doesn't deserve a nickname. <laughs> Even he has the wherewithal to know not to play Cam Newton because he's hurt. And here we are, you know, Julio Jones coming to the game with injuries. And we're just dumbass coaching. Yeah. I mean, I, I, well, I think that's more than coaching. I think that's an organizational problem. I think that's when the whole organization needs to be on the same page and be like, hey, we're – Arthur Blank comes in the room just to make sure we're not playing Matt and Julio today, right? Julio today, right? Thomas Dimitrov. No, we're not. Hey, Dan, we, me and Dan talked about it already this week. No, we're not playing them. We're just going to sit them, let them rest, and we're going to assess what we're going to do moving forward for 2019-2020. That's what a well-run organization would do, right? Right. Meanwhile, the Falcons, Arthur Blank shows up to the game. Oh, shit, we got Matt and Julio in the game. Lord forbid one of them get hurt, and now next year is screwed. Because if, if one of them tear their ACL now, they won't be ready till this time next year. So, right. you know, like. And that's, what, that's so stupid. You seen that with even with Keanu Neal. Like, the motherfucker probably not even running as of now yet. So, why would you even risk it? It's just stupid. So, of course, they had them playing. And you can't take stock in it because they played against a no-name motherfucker. Um, who gives a fuck what kind of quarterback they had in the game? They just beat up on some bad teams. So you can't take no stock in that. They had three interceptions today. And you haven't seen the Falcons have a game with multiple interceptions all year. Yeah, so I I, I, I think for these next two weeks, we're not going to do an offensive defense. Like, we're not going to do anything of that. That's all the time we're going to spend on the Falcons right there, unless there's anything else you want to say. But so the news came out about Grady Jarrett want want fucking Aaron Donald money. How so, stupid is that? Go ahead and franchise him for thirteen million, and then find a way if you can't, because there's no way you're gonna come to uh, anywhere near that kind of money. So Especially we, his position, there's no way near it. So we talked about this, and so he he me you and Double R we was on the phone yesterday, and we talked about it, and he wants. Aaron Donald money, and God bless him if he get it. You got to put it out there, right? You know what I'm saying? If they stupid enough to sign you, that's on them. You know what I'm saying? But his position doesn't even dictate that type of money, unless you're Aaron Donald, who may have who may have a case of being the best at his position already in what four years. So like, he has a case. Right, he has a case of being the best all time. Exactly. So he gets what he wants. Grady Jarrett, Aaron Donald's an all-timer. Grady Jarrett is just a good player. Like, those are two different classes of their own or whatever. Like, I think me and you were talking in double R, like, Grady Jarrett ain't even on Aaron Donald planet. You know what I'm saying? So, it just go crazy. I, I, 
Naturally, the Falcons are going to pay him because of the Falcons, but I don't see how you do it. I think they pay him, but there's no way they can pay him that kind of money, especially when you just pay not just Matt Ryan, his assistant, I think it was last year, but you just played Julio, I think, a year ago. You just gave Devontae Freeman all that money, made him the highest paid uh, running back yesterday, uh, this year. And then you talk about you just paid Jake Matthews five years, seventy-five million. There's no way you can start tying up that kind of money into Grady Jerry. No, and then on top of that, again, he's not even. We don't even have to say he's not Aaron Donald. He's not Fletcher Cox. He's not even the second best D D D tackle in the game. So, and he wants the best defensive player money. I mean, he. Like, you know, I'm one of them people, I believe you should ask for what you ask for. Now, you know, as a team, they should damn, they should laugh in his face, but he should ask for it. Ask for a billion dollars, all they can do is say no, right? It's not my money. It's just, they should ask about it. But, you know, I'm, I think Gary J is a good player. I think we, I, I think he can, he's part of, integral part of what we do here. But the question is, we haven't done anything, so how, how integral is anybody, right? So. Right. How much you about to pay any of these motherfuckers? <laughs> yeah. Because at the end of the day, you walk in, you be like, okay, we keeping Grady. How much? Well, I don't see any right. trophies on the wall, so why do we need Grady? So you about to keep Grady Jared, and then next year you're going to have a problem because you're going to have to pay Keanu Neal or DeAndre. The only one who you're going to be who really deserves max money on our defense as far as their position goes is Deion Jones. And his position doesn't dictate more than $12 million a year. $13 million a year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, that's the only one that's dictating that. As far as Grady Jerry goes, he can go ahead and suck. He can go to Grady. <laughs> as for that goddamn money, fuck. <laughs> so, I had a question. Oh, are you? Are those your final thoughts on the Falcons in general? Hell yeah, fuck them. So, you know, we were talking yesterday. And what... Before we get to that, what were your thoughts on the lead today? There's a lot of good games going on today. Also, for everyone who's in the fantasy championship game, congratulations. I don't understand how anybody can bet with this shit because it's truly a gamble with this fantasy, man. This is a whole nother beast. This ain't even like gambling on the games. Fantasy gambling is like prop bet gambling. Like, we can bet who win the fight, but we ain't going to bet who win the rounds. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's what fantasy is. So, good games, though. Cowboys, uh, to everybody's chagrin, because everybody should be sick of them bastards. But look like they going into the fucking playoffs. Goddamn, New Orleans just pulled one out against Pittsburgh in that same game. But now that means the playoffs go through New Orleans. And you can damn near bet your bottom dollar. They'll be here in Atlanta. But who do you trust can beat New Orleans? Right now in the NFC. No in New Orleans. Can we, can we sit on New Orleans for just a second? Come on with it. You know the smartest thing New Orleans did this year? What? Signed Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, I just said that. Because I think that's a, I think that's a bridge from the post-Drew Brees world to we can keep winning world. And I think that that's what, I think that's what a smart team does. I think that and this is the problem with the Falcons. Like we're so heavily invested in Matt Ryan that we don't we don't have a world without Matt Ryan. And like that's like with with the way they just ran that play is that you can keep being successful. 
or at a low risk. Like you have, he has high upside, low risk. Can we agree on that? Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, so let's say everything falls into place, and he was eighty percent of what he was before he got hurt. You have a really good quarterback to transition. He's not Drew Brees, but you can, whatever you are not, that can be pretty much what you are moving forward. And like now your organization becomes the Patriots, becomes one of those organizations that has continual success because they prepare before Drew Brees retired or before their superstar retired. Meanwhile, we're sitting over here still doubling, tripling down on Matt Ryan, and we don't have a we don't have no plan for tomorrow mortgage in today. Meanwhile, they have a cheap plan for tomorrow that can really work. And I think that that's I think that that was the smartest thing this year that they did, and I think that that was the dumbest thing the Falcons haven't done in years, in at least in the last two years, is prepare for a world without Matt Ryan. I think it's a smart thing if. I think it's a smart thing if the league wasn't as racist. Right? I know that comes out of nowhere, but it's true. Because what you could have did, what they could have done, is mortgage that into more draft picks. Because as you're seeing within the league, the league is at a deficit of quarterbacks. There are not a lot of good quarterbacks out here, period. And that's our talking point for the day. So, like, that's kind of what I want to spend most of our time talking about today was that me and you were talking, so you take out the Braves, the you take out that Drew Brees, Brady Rogers, them guys who are about to retire again, close up in age. Who's carrying the Nick torch for the next generation of quarterbacks? It's Patrick Mahomes. As a Patrick Mahomes, you know, you have the middle like you had a Matt Ryan, and you have the uh, so after the Brees, Brady, them, you have the next wave. It's going to be the Phillip Rivers. The well, that, that's the next wave from from a. Who's good and who's not standpoint, but all them in the same age range for the most part. Right, it's not much time for all of them to retire. So after them was the Matt Ryan's and the Andy Dalton's and all them. Yeah, but, Joe Flacco. Yeah, but they they are so they have they eight they have dog years on them as far as NFL miles. Like Matt Ryan has a lot of NFL miles on him. Flacco has a lot of NFL miles on him. Same with Andy Dalton. Like you know, age wise. Everybody's playing to that round. Now quarterbacks can play today about you can play to thirty five to forty years old now, just because of how the league is. Yeah, but you can play like so, that, but how many of them how many of them are really effective? Like you take out Brady, like Rogers looks average this year, Breeze, but those are all times like like I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't look at the lead being Matt Ryan's or anybody I wouldn't look at the lead being anybody in Matt Ryan age range once. Brady, like if Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Drew Brees all retired this year, I wouldn't be like, oh, the league is Matt Ryan's now. I wouldn't be like that with Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford. I mean, honestly, I'd probably say Russell Wilson is the closest one to that, oh, the league is his once they retire status. But like, I wouldn't, like, Cam, not even Cam, probably Russell Wilson, but the rest of them, at least the older, more experienced quarterbacks, I wouldn't be like, oh, the league is theirs at all. That wouldn't be my thought at all. Which goes back to what we were saying. I mean, they're just – the rest of them are trash. So, you know, they got a, a couple of young guys and this Patrick Mahomes. And I told you, I'm like Deshaun Watson, if he stays healthy, these mobile quarterbacks are going to have to learn not to get hit. Like, even if you run it, that's fine. But you're going to have to learn not to take the hits that they take because he he'll stay hurt. I'm owning them. I like Patrick Mahomes and – 
Maybe, like I told you before, we don't have enough on Baker Mayfield. There's not a lot of talent at, qu- at quarterback. It's just not. Yeah, but it goes. So I think that now, where I was going with this is that now it's time to pay Jameis and Marcus Mariota. And would anybody, would you pay Jameis and or Marcus Mariota? You're going to have to because there's nothing in the league, but no. I'll I, I tell you who I pay. I, as bad as, as much as he, as a distraction as he is, I would pay Jameis over Marcus Mariota. I've been watching Marcus Mariota a little more this year. They've been showing him more. Marcus Mariota, trash, man. Tennessee just a, a good team. He just, he's trash. I completely agree with you, but and then the flip play. side is what the fuck is Jameis done? Like, he can look good go, taking you to 4 and 12. Like, I think both of those guys. I think both of those guys have very limited sh- life in the NFL as starting quarterbacks. Like, they may get it. They may be backups, but I couldn't see any team in the league wanting either one of those two guys. Because think about it. The two teams who will be most likely are what? Jacksonville one. Team who feel their quarterback away. And who else feel their quarterback away? Jameis and Jacksonville makes a big difference. But does he? Think about it. Man, Jackson is a turnover machine. I mean, but he's a turnover machine. Like, it's it's not like Tampa Bay didn't come through and not be talented, and they weren't talented. So Denver, Denver, Jacksonville, and I'm trying to think of another team who probably feel like they're quarterback away. Those are two who stand out for me right now. And Washington, the Redskins, that's the other team I was thinking about. No, they got Alex Smith. Alex Smith just got to come back healthy. They were saying he may never play again. But, like, those are the three teams. Because, like, even when they got Alex Smith, I mean, he was what he was. But long story short, those are the three teams who probably can convince themselves they're a quarterback away. But neither – I would not think either. I wouldn't be like, you know who we need? Jameis Winston. You know who we need? Marcus Mariota. Like, neither one of those names would – like, if it was coming down to that, it will be – organizational discussion of should we just go and start looking at young drafting young quarterbacks and then redoing our organization. You watch college. All, all those boys who just won the Heisman was in the Heisman. The boy from Ohio State, the kid from Oklahoma, two. <laughs> Which one of them would really trust your franchise with? I mean maybe the kid from Ohio State got the side, but that kid from Oklahoma State is our height. Yeah, but I went. So I, I went. So again, there's a price factor in this too, right? So like, I really have any of them on a rookie deal than Jameis at ninety nine million dollars a year or Marcus Mariota. Like, I wouldn't pay. I really have either one of them on a rookie deal than either one of Jameis and Mariota for whatever fair market value is for them. Again, one of these teams gonna have to have the balls enough to be like, we're not paying you that. Those quarterbacks are not worth that. Let somebody else get them, and that's when you come to it. I think that happened with Jameis this year. I think that's going to happen with Jameis this year. He's, one, he's an idiot off the field. Two, probably more importantly, he's a black quarterback. Three, he hasn't been to – he hasn't done anything, literally. He has no credentials, no playoffs, no wins, no Pro Bowls, no nothing. But I think that's what, what you're talking about. I think that this is the year, and Jameis is the one who becomes that patient zero of that. We'll see. But until then, some at some point, as an organization, every organization is, gonna, is at a crossroad when they have to do that. Are you mortgaging your team? So, like, they were talking about, like, they could pay, like, you know, the rounds pay Aaron Donald all that money, one, because, it, because Jerry Goff is on a rookie deal. 
but he comes off the deal soon. Then what you do? And is Jared Goff good enough to get a hundred million dollars? No, Jared Goff is trash. Yeah, but and that's kind of my point. So like, this is all tying into the point I'm saying. So let's just we we got time because we're not gonna really talk. We're not talking anything else for the most part. So let's sit here and just look at the next wave of quarterbacks from an age standpoint. Russell Wilson. God, I mean, he he's he's the gold standard of this next wave of quarterbacks, right? Like, you got the quarterbacks who've shown flashes, but maybe not enough. Patrick Mahomes, Baker Mayfield. You got Deshaun Watson, but he has another issue. But then who else do you have? Like, Derek Carr. Where would you put Derek Carr in this mix? He just signed for a, a big deal, didn't he? Or with the Raiders, but, like, they want to get rid of him. You got teams like Arizona, Buffalo, the Jets and the Browns, to be fair, with rookie quarterbacks who like they they're going to give them the full time to see what they're going to do. Then you got the Wences and the um Jared Goss and the Mitchell Trubisky's of the world who are second year quarterbacks who are the who are the reason their teams won't win, but you can't give up on them so early. Like listen to all the quarterbacks I name. Who do you trust? No, no. Like that's a major problem to me. Like that's a that's a institutional problem. But then you got the ones who are young, but ain't worth the damn. So you got your Kirk Cousins, your Case Keenum's, and your and you got that bad. Because think about the Kirk Cousins, they know him and Robert Griffin came in the same time. I mean, Andrew Luck is your next wave, but he you got to see how healthy he stays. He looked good this year. Yeah, but like you said, is he healthy? Can he take a full beating for – can he be a franchise quarterback, meaning can he take that beating year in and year out? You said this about Matt Ryan, and to be fair about Cam and Drew Brees. Say what you want about them. They there every week. Like it or not, they there every week. Brady, too. Like, I some of these quarterbacks, I don't even know if you want them there every week. Like, Mitch, Mitch Trubisky, do you want him starting for you every week? Then you go back – I mean, we go back to – you still got clowns like Tannehill in, who started him well – is no future in him. I mean, the league, you got Blake Broders who got benched, but let's be, the league is, they have a severe shortage of the quarterbacks. And not, and it's crazy to me. Like, take race out of it. I feel like Jameis is on his way out the league, and rightfully so, because I don't think he's done as much, much as he should have. But show me the next quarterback. Besides Russell Wilson, who can you bet any money? Who could you bet your life on to do anything and be like and feel good about it? Outside those five or ten, none, which is why I banged the drum so hard for Matt Ryan. Although he has his fault, the kid shows up and he shows out, even with that in mind. One thing I said about Matt Ryan and Cam Newton, not only do they show up every week, but they take a beating. That line, and, and our line is worse, it was, is worse than Carolina line. But Matt Ryan, they take a real legit beating out there that nobody acknowledges. And you just mentioned, you just did a list of quarterbacks, and even the ones who's coming in. And that, it's just, and to go back to like what, what's going on with the NBA, the NBA has a shortage of talent because of what's coming through college. It's the same thing with college football. That's, a, that's not a good, that's not a good selection of talent in college football. Well, quarterbacks, I think overall. Quarterbacks, that's what I mean, excuse me, quarterbacks. It's just, and with the systems that they're running, it ain't gonna, it doesn't translate well because you see it. Like, as much as I'm cheering for Lamar Jackson, man, Lamar Jackson has so many flaws, you would think he never got coached. Like, he's just throwing the ball is a challenge. 
You can't come in here with that spread out shit and take off running shit. That don't work at the next level. It ain't gonna work. And the problem is, is that's so. I think that you know we're talking. I think we're missing kind of the meat of this. And I don't really know how to describe it, but that's what they're doing in college. Every co- most colleges run a version of what Lamar Jackson run. Hey, we're gonna spread out. The quarterback is also a threat to run. Stop it if you can. And that's not preparing them for the NFL. Meanwhile, the NFL isn't trying to change to be, hey, we're going to let our quarterback run because they are the most marketable, the most profitable, cost the most entities on the field. So, like, I think there needs to be a shifting of business structure in the NFL for this to work the way it can work. Not even for Lamar Jackson, for most of them. Well, not just that. Not just it's a marketing thing in which it is, and they're trying to protect the quarterback, which they need to change that up. But the other side of this is that bullshit can't work because, as you said the best, you, your quarterback can be the best athlete on the field. On the field, on that college field, it's only going to be about four or five motherfuckers going to get drafted and play in the NFL if they play in the NFL. So you can outrun this player. You can run over that player. You can do all that when it's college concerned. You're not doing that in the NFL. So that that quarterback that can run four or five in college, you got you got DNs that's running four or fives, let alone linebackers. That's just not how that's gonna work. So no, 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 no. You can't. They have to not. You have to throw the ball. You cannot just. You cannot just be able to run. You have to be able to read defenses, coverages, and throw the ball, which is why they come into the league and they're ill prepared. I.e., Josh Rosen. As you mentioned, that motherfucker look, he is some of the worst you've seen. At quarterback in Italy, he was not ready. Josh Allen, not ready. God damn it. Lamar Jackson, not ready. They're not ready to play. Sam Donald, not ready. Sam Donald, not ready. They have a long way to go. And it's been a long time since you've seen rookie quarterback. What happened is they're the kind of rookies that need to sit down for a year, right? But the league has gotten used to throwing these kids in the fire year one. They're, they need some development. So they need to see it. Blake Brothers, failure. Failure. I, you know who I seen in the game the other day? Who, who was I watching? Who was I watching? I think it was yesterday game. Because their quarterback got hurt. It was Tennessee. God damn it. Blaine Gabbert. Oh, Blaine yeah. Gabbert was in the league. <laughs> Like, Blaine Gatter, Kobe Kessler, Mark Satchel, like, boy, Josh Johnson came back. Josh Johnson, you can see why he's been at the Leafs, why he ain't started in seven years and all that. Like, he ain't. And he's showing up. He's showing, like, this is beyond Kaepernick. And I, you ask about why I say something about Kaepernick. Like, some of the quarterback play that we're seeing is so piss poor. It's ridiculous. Yeah, but that's like, kind of I, a different thing, though. Like I'm talking, I'm not talking about when a bad couple. I'm talking about the future of quarterbacks in the NFL. And take out Russell Westbrook. I mean, excuse me, Russell Wilson. Reluctantly saying Baker Mayfield. Where are they? Patrick Mahomes. Take out those three. Where are they? You don't really have no talent. And granted, two of them we only see in one year of what they can do, which is such a stretch to even say they're consistently great. But whatever. Where are they? Where is the next quarterback? On a league that's dominated and geared toward quarterbacks. Right. They're going to have to start something up different. And I think this can lead to 
a better league because I've said it before about the hundred million dollar quarterback. All because it's the quarterback in the position don't mean that you get him a hundred million dollars. You sink your team. Now I should start going into who's your best player, and you should start paying and trying to form your team around that. If your quarterback is iffy, then you should be trying to form your team around something better, something different. Which is what you've been saying lately. You know what I've been saying recently? What? The run game is back. That's what I've been saying. And that's what we know. Come December, come January, all that slinging it all over the place, you're going to have to start running that ball. And that's so, what they're doing. They're running the ball. So that made Baltimore dangerous because they play an old school what you want on system. What you say? That's what made Baltimore so dangerous. Is that in Chicago? That's what's making that's what's making them come out. You're like, whoa, how, where where are they coming from? They ain't coming from nowhere. They running the ball and they playing lockdown defense. They don't want that Mitchell Trubisky to Mitchell Trubisky to blow the game for them. Exactly. You just need somebody who can who will do that and not blow the game, who'll make a cautious third down, third and eight, he can make that throw. That's what you need, but you need you a good line, run that ball. And what they always say about defense in the running game, it travels. <laughs> that passing game, though, so you see all this stuff, all these different rules that they're making for the lead so it can be 45 to 50 so they can get that big 12 score. You're seeing that starting to lock down more and more because that's just not that, – I, I told you, it's just going to be adjustments on the defensive side of the ball. That's what it is. You got to start running that ball. And that's what they're doing. That's why Seattle's in the mix now. And they, they playing right now, giving Kansas City all they can handle. They're playing good D, stop defense, and they running the ball. Because time and possession, I don't care who you got on that other on that other side of the ball. Time and possession, if he ain't got the ball, he can't do nothing. Yeah. And that's what the league, the, the league that, that balance that the league was lacking the first – Couple, the first few weeks, it's starting to even out. And you're starting to see who can make it. Like, again, I, I'm rooting for this kid, for the guy, but Phillip Rivers starting to look like Phillip Rivers again. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I don't know. I think you have a, I, I, I don't know. I mean, we keep talking about quarterbacks and rightfully so. Let's talk about Phillip Rose because we had a conversation about him yesterday. And should I put it on wax what I told y'all? Yeah. I guarantee San Diego won't win the Super Bowl or go to the Super Bowl this year. And you know the constant reason why? Phillip Rivers. He's the only constant in this fucking team. And no, and we were talking to Double R and I was like, who's better, Phillip Rivers or Matt Ryan? And he was like, Phillip Rivers, what'd you, like, I was stupid for you asking the question. I like, but what is Phillip Rivers doing? No, oh, he better than Matt Ryan. Well, I mean, you talking about a Hall of Famer, who, I mean, a, a MVP who went to the Super Bowl and was up 28-3, sir. When that Phillip Rivers even made it to the conference championship game? When last time he did that, LT was playing. LT retired, what, 2010? Somewhere there, yeah. Come on, man. Like, they don't give Matt Ryan. That. Phillip Rivers is overvalued. Matt Ryan is undervalued. I understand why. You said, said the best about Phillip Rivers. And you know, I've liked the Phillip Rivers since the draft when Eli Manning was being a bitch. And that's what made me like Phillip Rivers. And he came in a gunslinger. You know, you always like a gunslinger and a, and a, and a big look at me type guy. 
But the thing about Phillip Rivers is this, man. He's a, You said it. He's the Carmelo Anthony of football. He really is. He really is the Carmelo Anthony of this shit, man. So, hey, man. And he severe shrinkage these last couple of games. Severe shrink, like in the pool, cold pool shrinkage is what he's been doing these last couple of games. Do you think they can win the Super Bowl with him? I don't know. Not going. Not if they go against the fucker in New Orleans, who I think now is on a fast track to Atlanta. It's interesting. So, like everybody who's tied in the Phil Rivers gravity has won the Super Bowl, but him, Eli, Ben, and Drew Brees. Yeah. Like he hasn't even been to a Super Bowl, but he's he, he's remembered so well right now. Like people love Phil Rivers. It's just interesting to me. And he's done by far the least in his contemporary. He's a cowboy. That's why you love Phil Rivers. He's a cowboy. Yeah, but he's I just go back to the job now, G. It's like you like Bob because he brings donuts in. Meanwhile, everybody else is getting the work done and Bob is Socialize, yeah, he's social. Yeah, he bringing donuts, but is he is he getting the job? Are we meeting? Not are we breaking sales records with Bob? No. So why do we need Bob? And that's how we can feel real. Who's gonna bring the donuts? <laughs> <laughs> it's twenty minutes out of everybody else's way, huh? Right. Nobody nobody cares enough to bring them down. Donuts. Listen, everybody loves a cowboy, man. Secretly, everybody roots for the feeling. Everybody loves a cowboy. Now, ain't nobody a cowboy like Phillip Rivers. Nobody. Nobody talk that shit all game. And rah, rah, he got the best boo game in the league. And that son of a bitch will throw you in and throw you out of the game. <laughs> uh, any more thoughts about quarterbacks? Because we just rambling now. Nah, let's put it. Actually, let's talk about one quarterback. Nicholas Foles. You've been dying to get his ass, get his dick back in your mouth. Love Nicholas. <laughs> no, I don't. I just asked y'all, same conversation. I just said, we did, we talked about this. Go back and listen to our quarterback steakhouse comparison version 2.0. Just Google um, quarterback steakhouse. It'll come up. Um, we spent a um, we spent a way more amount of time talking about Nick Foles on that podcast than I thought we were. Then I wanted to. And all I did was ask the question, should they have the discussion about Nick Foles, keeping Nick Foles and letting Carson Wentz go? That's all I asked. And you, the only person who agreed with me on that would be be right? Yeah, it would be. You, y'all looked at me, and y'all looked at me because we were everybody was face-to-face. Y'all looked at me like I said, fuck little kids. I hope they all get counsel or something. Like y'all looked at me like I farted in the room and, and laughed. Y'all look, y'all gave me such a hateful look. All I asked was, should Nick Foles stay? Should they ask the question if Nick Foles should stay or go? Not even act on it. Should somebody in the room say, "Hey, what about Nick? Should we keep Nick?" And y'all went the fuck in on me. But right now, would you say Carson Wentz is somebody you could build your franchise around? I don't know. But you can't you, see the problem with the whole Nick Foles debate. Again, it's like swapping out your your wife for your side chick. They got so much invested. It, it, it's, Nick Foles is playing with house money, no doubt. 
But, so it's like your wife can't give you a kid, but your side chick done gave you two healthy big boys. Right. You can't. Listen, man. They, they're, they're first, not not a first rounder in, first pick. He was the first or the second pick of that draft. He would have said. Then you could add that with, he was runner up for the MVP and possibly was going to win the MVP if he didn't get hurt. Now, like I told you, what I believe is going on is I think his chemistry with that team is different. I think he has a better chemistry than Winston's. And I think that's with the coaching and with the other with the other players because Alshon Jeffrey was nowhere to be found with Carson Wentz. Meanwhile, Zach Ertz was getting all the play. Nick Foles come in. Now you have Alshon Jeffrey signs all over the place. And it seemed like him, him and the coach, they have a bond that Wentz and Peter Peterman don't have. And I think that's what's going on more than anything. I think here, the way that team responds with Nick Foles, I don't think it's the talent of Nick Foles. I've seen enough of Nick Foles to know Nick Foles ain't it. But with that team, hell, you seen goddamn what the name Brad Johnson with that with that team with that with that Tampa Bay team. Yeah, but that Tampa Bay team had an all time defense. Philly don't have nothing special about it like that. They had other they had other players that didn't match with that team. It's also a fit of the team and the coaching and all that stuff. And I really do believe Nick Foles. I believe Carson Wentz is by far way more talented. But I believe Nick Foles is a way better fit for that team at this time. So that's the issue of the discussion. Who do you, which matters more? Who has the most talent? Who's the better fit? You have a problem if Nick Foles want more money or if Carson Wentz like what you're going to do. You can't mortgage your future for your for your present. You can't do that. So if Nick Foles getting them to the conference. What would it take? If Nick Foles win the Super Bowl, huh? If he win the Super Bowl this year, you still don't have that discussion. I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy. I don't have to deal with those problems uh, that Philly got to deal with. Uh, I'm asking you. He's a hell of a backup. So if, even if he win the Super Bowl, that don't get him good in your good graces. Okay. Right now, you can go get a Lamborghini today. Is it the? What about your tomorrow? But in sports, is two. Do you need a tomorrow? Is two Super Bowls enough? Two for a city that's never won the Super Bowl. So you let Carson Wentz walk? I think you had that discussion. Now let me say this: depend on what Nick Foles do. Depending on how Nick, how far Nick Foles takes them, anything less than playoff. If he don't make the playoffs or make it and lose in the first round, then no, you keep Carson Wentz. But if he gets you to the conference championship game, you seriously think about. I seriously think about trading Carson Wentz. Hey man, I told you then I wouldn't even consider it. Everything's on the table. They're like no folks was out of playoff contentions on some real shit with Carson Wentz in. Nick Foles got no folk really. They really a threat. These these last two games, they, they look like the Eagles with Nick Foles. Yeah, they look like that Super Bowl team. Yeah, they didn't look like that all year with Carson Wentz. So I don't know. But before Wentz got hurt last year, again, this is another hurt year for Wentz. So I don't think you can grade him on this performance. He just came back from a, a serious injury. So he's been hurt two out of three years. Is it okay? Can he stay no, healthy? No, no, no. This is the year back from injury. But he got hurt again. That's why Nick Foles in now. He got hurt last year. 
hurt something different this year. His back, yeah, he did. So like it can't so the question still remains for a different reason. Can he be a quarterback you trust? Nick Foles, right? <laughs> now <laughs> I just said yeah. Nick Foles take them to the NFC championship game, you I trade Carson Wentz. Cause I feel like I can get another Carson Wentz. If it don't work out with Nick Foles, I feel like I can draft another Carson Wentz. Possibly. Possibly. Hey, listen. Maybe impossibly. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, in my mind, that's uh, Nick Foles has brought a super. We live in a city with no Super Bowl. Right now, we get hurt. He, Matt Ryan get hurt in. What's the dude, John? What they got somebody who got a, a real Let's say not not even Matt Sharp, but the Sims kid. Sims, whatever his name yeah. is. Sims, Sims. Yeah, Chris Sims or Matt Sims. Matt Sims, that's who it is. Matt Sims come in right now and lead the Falcons to a Super Bowl win. You don't at least have a discussion about Matt Ryan? We can get Matt Ryan the hell out of here. And that's all I'm saying about Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is an eleven-year vet. It don't matter. He. No, that's the part. That's the part that matters. We can go ahead and build this future up with this Sims kid, but now it's an eleven-year vet. It's the opposite there. If, if Sims was Matt Ryan, and then Matt Ryan come in and win, that's what you got in Philly. That's that's a different. That's a different animal. Well, you said the best. You, I think, I think you had a conversation. You said you don't have a conversation. So, I think you have it now. Kid been balling, man. You gotta have that conversation. Somebody, they, they gel with this kid, man. All right, that's all I want to hear. Do you have any more thoughts on the lead? Nah, it's coming in the playoff time, and I think it's gonna be a mighty good playoff. I think the AFC may be a little better. Um, somebody who on the hot seat, I think Mike Tomlin. It's about that time, man. And I, I've always, I like Mike Tomlin, but he don't have. It's one thing when you don't have control of your locker room and you winning. It's another thing when you not winning and don't have control of the locker room. And he doesn't. You don't think he has control of the locker room? Hell no. After that shit, you, he done already been exposed to many times with Antonio Brown filming the other year and. With them talking with the Le'Veon Bell shit, like he don't have enough control. They don't have enough discipline in that locker room. Let me ask you this: Is Le'Veon Bell stock rising, decreasing, still the same? I think it's decrease. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the importance of running backs is really shown. A good running back, and I've said it a long time ago. To me, well, I'm not going to say that. A good running back is the second most valuable thing you can have on your team. Damn near. We did a position, which position is most important. But a good running back is really, really up there. Because they can control pace and all that type of stuff. And then it's the NFL. They do a lot more. It ain't just turn around like Emmitt and hand the ball off. Like a lot of these boys, like Todd Gurley, a lot of these boys leading their team in, re- in receptions, not just rushing. Like your running back is an extra lineman. He's an extra receiver. He controls the pace of the game. So, the right team, no. Nah, Le'Veon Bell coming back and he gonna sign that deal that he's looking for. You right think now, so? I would trade. Man, right now I'll trade. What the Falcons should have did trade goddamn Devontae Freeman, get rid of Coleman, and bring Le'Veon Bell down to this motherfucker. And have Edo Smith back in the month. I'll do that right now today. 
You high on Le'Veon Bell than I am. And Le'Veon Bell was the best, if not if not the best, second best running back in the game. But I mean, has he? So it go back to has he done anything? Again, that's it's an ultimate team sport, and he don't touch the ball every time. Okay, I'm I'm just asking, just bringing the question out. So, who would be? Uh, so you think Mike Tomlin? That's actually a good thing. You think Mike a good thing to talk about? You think Mike Tomlin is on the hot seat? Yeah, or should be at least. Yeah. Who else? Bowles. I see. I disagree. I think I. I will be. I'm. I'm more disappointed in Mike Tomlin than I am Bowles. They saw the Bowles with Ryan Fitzpatrick, Josh McCown, and now Sam Darnold. Like he has gotten a shit. Shake. He has not. He got everything but a fair shake. So. It's, it's some bullshit, but man, you gotta make some work, man. Like they, they ain't making. They ain't have. They ain't shit shaking up there. Some gotta shake. Him, I, but before him, I give you dirt cutter and, and riverboat runs. It been time for them to go. Especially dirt. Dirt cutter. Brent, he got way too much time for that shit going on. They, ain't, they can't even blame that shit on injury. But that debacle. Ron Rivera just had man. They don't lost seven games straight. <laughs> hey man, Ron Rivera. They was he was on the hot seat years ago. They need to put him back on now. Oh, he only performed when it's when it's a hot seat. Man, he ain't it. Him and Dirk Carter ain't it. And I don't like Dan fucking Quinn. I've been said it, but they they signed to an extension, so that ain't happening. Oh man, we Dirk talked Carter. about we talked about Dan Quinn, and you know we we said we weren't gonna keep it on the foul because outside of this, I mean we've done a full podcast on why Dan Quinn should go. So, I, I, I mean, I see Ty Bowles. I think they really need to get rid of everybody in Miami, like Tannehill, whoever yeah, the coach man. is. Yo, that's just that situation ain't, ain't the move. I think it's time to do the same thing in Jacksonville. All the Florida teams, it's time to get rid of coach and quarterback for all the Florida teams, which is interesting. I'm saying who looks. I think that coach in Jacksonville is pretty new, though. I mean, not Jacksonville, excuse me, not Jacksonville. Uh, what you call it? Um, or Buffalo? Nah, 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 nah. Yeah, Jacksonville. My bad, Jacksonville. Jacksonville is fairly new. No, nah, he's been there four years. Hey, no, nah, you right, Doug Marone. No, you right. He been. This is third. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of the previous yeah, coach. He's pretty new. I'm gonna tell you who now, right now, even over Mike Tomlin, fucking Marvin Lewis. <laughs> Listen, I don't know who dick he's sucking, but he's doing a hell of a job. Marvin Lewis should have been out the door. Get him out of here, man. Marvin Lewis got to go, man. Marvin Lewis, trade. That, but that's who first, you know, Mike Tom would be Marvin Lewis and Dirk Cutter. And then Ron Rivera. Then Mike Tom. And then, then Miami. My God, Miami. I'll put Miami over Mike Tomlin. I'll do Miami. Dan Quinn got to go. And uh, you're right about that, Jacksonville. For you to sit here, bench Blake Border for Cody Kessler, and then bench Cody Kessler for Blake Borders, and then bench Blake Borders, like that should get you fired. <laughs> you know they both trash. You just got to ride one out. <laughs> yeah, you made a good point about Dirk Carter, though. It's... it's- I don't see a world in which he stays. Dirk Carter can't coach at all. <laughs> he gonna get everybody fired. <laughs> Dirk Carter can't coach. <laughs> Is James gonna get everybody fired or Dirk? It's Dirk. 
Dirk Cutter cannot coach. Dirk Cutter got to go. He can't coach. Oh my God. Would it surprise you if any of these coaches, like who, if they brought him back for another year, who'd be like, my God, I can't believe it? Nobody. I think the league is stagnant and, and standing still. So I, I don't believe nobody get cut. Nobody making those moves. And that's why these teams come out the blue or a certain team. That's how the Patriots can keep winning like they're winning. Because none of these teams are both are good enough. You always say the enemy of great is good. None of them are great enough to go ahead and this isn't working. Let's go ahead and solve this shit. Let's cut time with this. Yeah, because like you said, Riverboat one. Like, realistically, what can he do next year? Get Cam Newton some receivers. And a better coaching scheme. That's what he can do. Man, but they've been through, Cam has been through, what, three offense coordinators, four? Like, it's not like they haven't tried. They just don't get the shit done. So what do you do? I mean, it's like when he interviewed an offense coordinator. Like, hey, 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 can you do this? Can you do this? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. It's like you don't know how to interview offensive coordinators. Like, it's a crazy. His Achilles heel has been the same side of the ball. Like, that's inexcusable to me. It is. You don't make no change. If nothing else, I was watching that game. I was watching the game, San Diego. You know, he have two former head coaches for his coordinators. That's who that kid. They were talking about that yeah, yesterday. Yeah. That's who he got. Ken was like, why don't no one even think of that? Now, that's the first thing I would do. Now, if you're the Falcons. Why aren't you going out to Ken Wizard Hunt? Why aren't you going out to Mike Malark again? Like, why are you not doing any of that? Why would you reach down in the depth of college, the murky waters of college football, to pull up this drunk Sarkeesian to lead your team? Why are you doing that? Nobody has that kind of outlook, huh? So that's why the same teams can keep going. Any more thoughts? Can't wait for playoffs. All right. We're going to save it for next week because we'll probably do something next week. Well, we'll, I know what what I want to do is we'll power rank the teams probably going into the playoffs. Like once we'll power rank the teams for the playoffs. Is that all right with you? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Thank you guys for listening. This has been DigitalDare.com. Make sure to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend.